Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tome of Knowledge. Hooray! I feel like it's been forever since <laughs> we did this. Welcome to our show where we talk about my, whatever we yeah, want. Yeah, in my mind, I thought you were going to say out of combat, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> That's the wrong show. Wait. This is a different show. <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling trying to find the right button on my, on my stream deck. I was like, nope, not that one. Nope, not that one, because I, I shifted it around. The other day, <laughs> that's how long it's been. Um, Two weeks, man. Yeah, sorry. Deja was texting me. He was like, "Did you mean for the scheduled stream on YouTube to be at two a.m.?" I was like, "No." And then I checked it, and it's right now. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No, we're not doing it too." <laughs> but I guess it's fine. Speaking you know, of YouTube, I think it'd be a very interesting stream if we did it at two in the morning. I'd be, I'd be <laughs> grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> we tired out of our mind. It'd be like 5 a.m. for Vias. Yeah, I we wrapped up. I'd have to go to work. Yeah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I would be the only way I would do it is either be tired and grumpy or probably high. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't do yeah. it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, YouTube.com/slash at Casters and Cantrips. If you want to go watch over there for the live stream, that's not at 2 a.m. That's it right now. <laughs> And yeah. also over on Twitch too, casters and cantrips. But thank you all for tuning in. Um, this is our our first scheduled program for this week. Whereas Wednesday we've got um, Bun Bun Art Stream at seven PM. Hopefully she hasn't been feeling too well, so we're gonna take that um, day by day. But then Thursday you have episode twenty eight out of combat, gonna be releasing on our YouTube page and our podcast, which is everywhere. And then Friday. 6 p.m. episode 29. Yes, sir. Looking forward believe, to that. I can't believe it's already 29 episode. <laughs> to be honest. I can't believe we don't have Hayden back. <laughs> yeah. How, actually, how, how long has it how been has real, it been? real time? It's been like a month at least. It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really not. It's, it's like not my fault. Real time or, or in-game real time. Um, like real lifetime. I mean, like, I can figure that out. I think it's been eh. a few days or a week in in game, and then a month in real time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, the the real reason we're here this evening was a, a topic that was submitted by Village Idiot. And by the way, if you would like to submit a topic for our Tome of Knowledge streams, which are what we're doing now, or out of combat, like after episode stuff just go hang out hang out or head over to our discord it's discord.gg slash casters and cantrips then you can find the appropriate channel and ask your questions and we will answer them that's right so question of the day it's from village she was mentioning that she and some of her friends were talking about character identity and D&D classes. And they thought it'd be an interesting topic to, of us to dis discuss how we create characters that translate well with the options of D&D 5th edition. Do you choose a class and design a character around it? And if so, how do you make sure your character is unique in that class? Yeah, that's that's a good one and a tough one. <laughs> yeah. 
for me, it's really tough. Like if I've never played, I always I'm the old man moves here playing three five. <laughs> three five had so much content and options. Like few people could play the same class and be super different. Mm-hmm. Um, just because of the options that three five had compared to fifth edition. So that's the that's the one thing I struggle with fifth edition is I'm not able to create the characters I want to create because of the limitations of fifth edition. So it really I really have to lean on how I essentially role play that character or mm-hmm. or you know like instead of just doing the classic standard like most optimal high damage weapons I'll pick like a weird weapon that people don't normally use to try to be like interesting or unique. Mm-hmm. But um yeah so tough it's tough for me to kind of make a character that I want to make in 5th edition so but also depends on like a whole bunch of factors so like what's the setting uh what are our availability or restrictions and stuff like that yeah. so to so the question is it is it like an i depends for you do you usually start with a concept first or like a class first or um i usually typically i start with a class first and then i'll i'll build around it and then i'll start generating themes or ideas and and stuff like that Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is. It is a very depends uh, question because uh, yeah, what's this? I'll usually the DM will give like this is the campaign we're gonna do, and this is what the world is like, and then I can kind of formulate how my character will fit within that world or that setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so usually there's like a little synopsis, or I usually get like a like a one pager, like this is this is the campaign we're gonna play. Here's the theme. Uh, and here's what you guys are getting into. So that that really helps generate ideas and what classes I want to play. So yeah, it's it's a very conditional question because like what <laughs> information do I have in order to make my character? So I don't usually have like a back burner character that oh I'm going to play this character because I like to make my characters that fit within the world. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. It's interesting. Well, my only experience has been with Five E, so that's all. I know I don't know what any of the previous editions were, were like, what options they had. I will say one thing I have noticed uh, about 5e and talking to people like you, Moobs, who have played other editions, like it seems like D&D has been continuously streamlining a lot of things. They, they've, they're cutting things out, they're combining things together. And while on one hand, I can see the the sort of like where I felt like in older editions, you had a ton of options. Now it's become less. I feel like a lot of 5e stuff, and this can be good or bad depending on how you look at it, but it does seem to rely heavily on the player to flavor a character. And so it's less about like how many different mechanics are there, like how many different classes, subclasses, what they do. And they seem to have streamlined that and then are saying, it's up to you, player, how, you, how you're going to play this. Uh, here's what we got. You flavor it how you want to. And I, so in a way, there's a little more f- freedom in that because you can kind of, 
get wild with some characters still, but then mechanically, obviously, there's less there compared to previous editions. Um, just from somebody who's mm-hmm. recently come into the game, mm-hmm. well, just yeah, I'll say too, and I've played 3.5 moves not as much as you have. And I'm in the bucket that I think was 3.5 was way overtuned and way much shit in there. And it's like ridiculous to try and make a character because there's so many options. Uh, (laughs) And and yeah, I, I enjoy 5e. So I don't, I don't think you're missing out too much there. VS there's some gems in fourth edition that, that have made it over fifth edition and some house rules that I use, but I don't, I don't think you're really missing out other than not having the, uh, warlord class. I wish they would just do that in fifth edition or something like it. But anyway, yeah. I guess I'll oh, go ahead. Sorry. Like if we ever did like a one shot where, like, I ran a three five campaign and then I told you guys my characters. Like, there's so much information that everyone would really just have decision paralysis because there's too much. But yeah, I agree. Three five. There's too much in three five. It's way much more crunchier, but I felt I was able to make the characters I wanted to make. Whereas in fifth, like, all right, man, I already said this, but um, yeah. So it really, or the identity of my character in fifth edition on, it just really comes through flavor, as you said, and just like how I role play that character. If I want to be quirky mm-hmm. or funny, uh, I think, I think I've only, pl- have I? Maybe I haven't. Maybe I haven't played a fighter. Did I? Ever? Uh, maybe once in fifth edition. <laughs> <laughs> played an Eldritch Knight as a fighter. Um, yeah, so I guess the on the on the question, um, for me, I'm I'm one of those people that's constantly like will just have character ideas come to them randomly every day, some days. And then so when a new campaign comes around, I'll have several ideas in mind of um, uh, at least, you know, what they may look like, what a personality might be like. And then that kind of goes to informing, okay, if I want to my character to be this way and to act this way, what classes would sort of fit that role? Uh, and can I make it work the classes that are available in the subclasses, how can I make it work based off of this sort of pre-existing picture I have in my mind? So I, I, I think I start with an idea first and then start mm-hmm. to look at classes. And then once we actually get information, like you said, setting limitations, then that further helps me sort of narrow down, okay, this setting magic is illegal, um, which could be fun to play a caster in that setting, but this specific character might have a better time and I might be able to do more with it if I was somebody that's not a caster and I think it might fit their personality a little better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's kind of how I tend to go about it. Just just ideas up there and I try to make them work within the confines of what's available in 5e. Yeah about you max so we got one that's class first we got one that's more idea first is if we had to boil it down Mm -hmm. uh i thought 
that I was idea first. And then I started looking at my characters on D&D Beyond and just looking at all the ones that I built. And every single one of them were like, I want to play this class. I guess I'll make this. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was idea, but I'm, I don't think I am. Um, there's been a couple where I've done like idea, but most of them are like, I wanted to play a paladin. I'd like to try a ranger. I'd like to try this subclass. And from there, I think of that, that general idea of like, okay, I want to play, you know, whatever. You know, I'll pick I'll pick one of my characters as I'm kind of looking at him. <clears throat> let's let's pick a good one. Um, so here we go. I wanted to play a paladin. Um, and then I went from there and said, okay, well, it'll be a cool like subclass for this paladin. Say, okay, Oath of Redemption. Oh, that's interesting. Um, what's what's a, a like a um a lineage that I want to choose? Oh, I could try Leon and that just came out. Let's read about that. Oh, there's some cool abilities that come with that. And then once I kind of get like the base, like skeleton structure, that's when like I'll either look at the doc that the, that the DM has sent out about their world. And that's when I'll start engaging like a conversation like, Hey, I wanted to play like a, a Leonin paladin and oath of redemption. You know what, what stuff in your world would fit with that? You know, are there Leonin? Should I change? Like, Oh, you could be from one of these areas. Okay, cool. Oath of Redemption, you know, what would look at that come? What could that be? Oh, there's this cool story beat about this big world event that you could throw in there about. So I, I have like a skeleton and then I form into the world based on because I want my characters to be like grounded and fit in the setting. That's kind of my personal preference. I uh, and it's whatever you want to do to play, but I don't make a full character and then just like drop them into a campaign. Yeah. I tend to build it right. around the setting. Yeah. I got a question and yes. So, so both of you are, are been pro- playing this game for a while. Do you think when you create characters now, you, you're both are talking about kind of class first. Do mm-hmm. you think that part of that is because you're already that familiar with the game and there's things that you haven't played before that you've, wanted to get around to playing and that kind of is like kind of shapes a little bit of how you you go about it because me coming in i played two characters three characters not counting one shot mm-hmm. and so i'm not so in depth with how all the different classes work and their subclasses so mm-hmm. i'm kind of going in without i have some knowledge of it but like mm-hmm. maybe that's why i tend to be idea first and then i then i go mm. and look and learn about okay so if i think this character is going to be a magic caster you got wizard you got druid you got mm-hmm. uh i guess i'll learn about wizard a little bit and i'll look through wizard and subclass and thinking um i could make that work but maybe what a sorcerer work and then i'll go in and i'll learn what sorcerer does and look at its subclasses so i, I think that's a little bit why i do it that way it's because i'm not as yeah, like I don't have all that. Uh, I've not played a lot of characters before, so <laughs> yeah, I've not tried a lot of these classes and and kind of know what they do for the most part. I don't think it's a bad approach at all. I think that that might be why, because I mean, I've played a lot of characters, and there's sometimes where I'm just like, you know, I haven't played a cleric. Maybe I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, in our in the one shot that we did between 
campaign one and two, the one that I played in, that's exactly what I did. I was like, I haven't played a cleric before. Let me try that. <laughs> and then, then <laughs> built a character around it. But I think that maybe you're onto something there because I've, I've for the most part, played... A, a, have I played all of them? All the classes? Hold on. Now I'm, now I'm asking a question of, of what I have and haven't played. <clears throat> yeah, I just feel like... It- character creation even going in and just messing around with D beyond and, and making something for fun i feel like a lot of it's still a learning experience like i'll go in and be like let me see what a sorcerer would be like and then i'll learn mm-hmm. some of the sorcerer mechanics and it's like oh that's interesting let me learn a little bit about druid so i'm kind of learning as like i have these character ideas about how some of these classes function mm-hmm. so i think you're you're definitely on to something though because Maybe at first I was idea orientated, uh, but yeah, I've been playing so long and I've been, I'm pretty sure I played all classes in fifth edition, but like there's a handful that I haven't really like mm-hmm. delved into either. It was like a one shot or a campaign that just kind of fell off. So I didn't really get to experience playing all the classes. Uh, mm-hmm. I know like sorcerer, fighter, and monk are probably my least classes in 5th edition I um, I haven't played a bard in 5th edition I think I played one in D&D next before it came out which was very different and I haven't played a wizard so I think uh, at my career my player career in, in Dungeons & Dragons so far I, mm-hmm. I tend to be a backfiller so I let people play what they want to play and then I'll I'll pick what will like what will make what what does this group need now that everyone has decided what they've decided to play and then I was like all right we we need support or so I'll make yeah I'll make a cleric or a bard or we need a tank then I'll I'll make a paladin if and you know so like what role do I need to fill to make sure this palant this party has a higher chance of not party wiping that's a really good point and there is a little aspect to to that when I'm creating a character too, because I can have a bunch of ideas. Then once we get setting information, then once some of the party members come out and say like, "I think I'm going to play a druid," or "I think I'm going to play a sorcerer," then I'm then I have more information available to me, so mm-hmm. I can kind of narrow down which ideas I might want to keep on the back burner based on like what would be a, a better party comp. Um, so like this time around, we're pretty caster heavy. Yeah. Um, so that's so. why I kind of narrowed my choices down between like, uh, what was it going to be? A fighter, mm-hmm. I had a cleric, and then the last one I came up with was, was the rogue. And I thought, well, those would all work fine and they would fill a great role. But for setting purposes, I felt like rogue would be more fun. And that's mm-hmm. so... That's also part of it is kind of getting more information about what our party might look like. I think every like I think every party does some of that because I don't want to they don't want to play the same thing as someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, exactly. but honestly, I don't think it's a big deal as long as they're different like subclasses. They're different enough and can fill different roles. Like, I mean, you could totally do like an all warlock party or an all wizard party and like is up. It's up to the DM to provide challenges to you. So I think party comp is, is, I get it. I don't think it's absolutely necessary, but 
That's just my two cents. And you could be a mad lad like Zeus and just roll dice to make your characters because he knows <laughs> shit does that. He doesn't pay. He, he rolls his dice for all of it. That does not compute with me. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I never uh, hit random in video game character creators. I never <laughs> do any of that stuff. I think I do it at first and just to generate ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, it definitely helps if you like just rant, if you like have dice like Zeus and you just roll just to like think of like combinations. Mm-hmm. and what you're like oh maybe that's actually interesting you know and then you can like formulate from there not going like pure rng he does um, he he rolls to see what spells <laughs> he takes when he levels up like makes entirely random and i can't handle yeah. it yeah and, i'm wondering madness like i feel like maybe for zeus like he's such a such a long career in D D. not at all <laughs> yes maybe at some point you're just like yeah f it dude like roll the dice <laughs> It always seems to work out, and I don't. It always seems to work out. It's, it's insane. Uh, uh, nothing. Yeah, you just all you reach really levels matters. of salty that just doesn't even. You're just like whatever. I've done it all. I've seen it all. Yeah. Let's just like, roll. Like, <laughs> I'll make it work. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of cases. Uh, I think something we haven't talked about is working with your DM. Oh that yeah. Really can really help kind of formulate an idea for your character even like an identity or uniqueness i guess for example for uh my last campaign i played with my in-person group that we wrapped up at last year um so we had the set and everything it was very uh greek roman themed like mythology style and he was telling us like the lay of the land so uh i wanted to make a Goliath, Barbarian, uh, and what helps also come up with ideas is the uh, subclasses, which mm-hmm. kind of like formulates and decides like what type of Barbarian I'm going to play. Yeah. Uh, so I went with the aspect of the beast, so you can adopt animal forms to add bonuses to whatever when you rage. Um. And so I talked to my DM. I was like, yeah, we have these forms, but, you know, some of them are kind of meh. And so we ended up just homebrewing some stuff to make the character feel more unique in the world and fit in the setting. So, and then backgrounds kind of help a lot too. Like looking at backgrounds gives me a really, a lot of, I guess, my, it forms my decisions based on the background that I choose yeah. for my character. So I chose gladiators. So I was, like an arena and I've got my freedom and I have like this nickname that everyone called me in the arena. So everyone like chanted beast and my guy was really into Greco Roman wrestling. So I like, I had oil with me all the time. Um, but to like flavor up cause my DM doesn't like Elias. So he, he flavored my character since it's like a thought Roman, like mythology, like Roman mythology and stuff. Uh, I was a half Titan instead of Goliath. So just the, to be more, on theme with the setting mm-hmm. um, but it's, think, you know same same stats that's just reskinned goliath you're like a hercules I, I, but not really yeah I, I, that's a cool campaign idea I, I think if i do that i go for like are there minotaur is minotaur a race oh yeah you could be D&D? a minotaur. oh yeah sure. that'd be so in, in like a greco-roman setting that'd be so sick like a, a minotaur fighter or something like that that'd be so cool mm. The original yeah, if I release of Minotaur was was nautical themed in fifth edition oh, when really? it was in on, when it was in UA. 
Pretty sure. I think so, yeah. Huh. Yeah, you could be a centaur. Crazy stuff. So you brought up backgrounds. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like... I feel like the list of backgrounds available in 5e, even with some of the ones that come from like optional content, mm-hmm. are kind of limited. So that's why this campaign, I just picked custom background because nothing really fit what I was like trying to go after. Yeah. In the first campaign, I did like mercenary veteran or something like that because I didn't know about the custom backgrounds. <laughs> but it's not that long a list. And some of them are like, with what you get for them, it's like, yeah, that it makes sense. But it's like, how how would I make that fit in a way that feels good? I just feel like there's not... I, there needs to be more, I think, with backgrounds. I, Agreed. I almost always do custom background, but I, I agree. I think that backgrounds are a little weak in 5th edition for, like, actual mechanics. They give you good ideas for, like, you know, personality traits, bonds, and flaws, yeah. and ideals, and stuff. There's good thought starters there. But like, how often does, like, your background, like, characteristic actually come up in a campaign? 10 out of 10, I never use it. <laughs> I, I, I think always it, forget. I think in the first campaign, I utilized mercenary veterans like twice mm-hmm. when we were in a town. I was like, oh, I guess I'll go work. And then it's just theater of the mind, like, oh, I went and worked. Like, yeah, it, there's not really anything exciting to do with it, unless unless you're you take that background that's there and you work with the DM to come up with like a cool backstory uh, tie into the campaign or something with it. But even then it's like, just go for a custom then. Yeah. I love that idea. Borticus, like having like commoner classes and stuff. Cause I've always wanted to, like, I always had the thought of like starting a campaign where like, or doing something as like level zero where everyone's just a commoner and they kind of work their way up. But that really doesn't translate well in fifth edition. That's just, that's just a good way to get your character, your party killed. Pretty much, <laughs> just have everyone start as level zero characters. <laughs> Three five did it, baby. I'm just, uh, but yeah, I I agree, Borgus. That would be, I would pick fisherman every time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I think it would be cool to have commoner classes for your background, where you're skilled in a thing and it helps you with whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fishing. gonna look at all, like all the backgrounds. Fishing would now. be great for Azric, and I can get fish all the time because we're on a boat. Yeah. yeah. Like, I guess uh, would they tie that into like your your survival stat in mm-hmm. some way? Yeah, most likely. Let's see. That's another discussion. We should do commoner backgrounds. And come <laughs> up with some. Yeah, and there's some that are like by name only but i don't know like mechanically they don't really do much right yeah i feel like most of the time backgrounds are really a way to get some like extra proficiencies and stuff and maybe another language or or tool skill yeah and there's not much more to it really now i'm wondering like what like what would commoner classes give you we'll have to save this yeah write it down and that's something i think the the designers of uh D right now also recognize is that backgrounds are kind mm-hmm. 
not doing much because they're talking about like adding feats to them and and so i feel like they know it's kind of a weak spot Mm -hmm. so we might they might change it around uh, enough to where it's something that that has a bit more weight for a character when making a character Mm -hmm. Um, yeah for sure but that's yeah that's a great idea um yeah, I don't know. I think that they're like when we're talking about back to the question of like how do you make sure your character is unique in that class, right? Um, so we're we're doing you know let's say a story campaign and we're doing I don't know um, pick a class one of you Just pick any class whatever you want. Uh, uh, I almost said mage. That's not a class. <laughs> <laughs> Wizard. Uh, yeah. Wizard. wizard. All right. So we're doing, we're doing an oops, all wizards campaign. Um, what are some ways to make our characters unique in that class? I think uh, the big ones, obviously subclass or like your school of magic. That's, that's for yeah. true for any class. Yes. Yeah, subclass and school. Just, I think it's probably easier for wizard because there's so many schools. Of that That's each true. wizard could focus on, so you can have really specialized oops all wizards. Each how about then specialize in a school? How mm-hmm. about then barbarian? Because barbarian, barbarian has a number of different subclasses, but generally the feel of the class doesn't change too much, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can do it barbarian. Seem like it. I would agree <laughs> with that. So, how would we differentiate if we had all barbarians? How would we make them? Still, subclass is going to help some yeah. in this. Also, your choice of race will help mm-hmm. as well. Race is a big just, factor. Just for like how people interact with your character, like what initial things you get from that. Um, that's going to be another factor. Because, uh, I, I mean, unless we wanted to all be human barbarians, which, yeah, it's totally cool. You can all be from the same tribe and have your game rolled up that way. But if we're talking about things that would be unique... Um, I know that I would choose Path of the Giant because I really want to play that subclass. <laughs> so uh, I I did it. I, I never I didn't do it in the, in the one shot. <laughs> you didn't rage, did you? I didn't rage. I was so upset with myself that I never rage in the one shot. So, yeah. So subclasses, right? I mean, and if I choose Path of the Giant, I'm just gonna throw my weapon from a distance. So that's different. That's yeah, a pretty different have- subclass, though. But what is it that the totem uh the totem which, warrior you know where you can have like what is it uh different animal totems that, yeah that you do. so there's ways to flavor it with that mm-hmm. uh yeah i think it really comes yeah 100 percent. it comes down to subclasses for barbarians because when all barbarians are not raging they are basically the same mm-hmm. well we could vary it by weapons that you'd want to choose mm-hmm as well um you could vary it by what proficiencies we select as far as like tool proficiencies or like our background where we come from there um we could also mix it up um via what feats we take if feats are allowed which this is my imaginary scenarios that are allowed (laughs) 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 what feats you select could could differentiate your character you know Someone that's going to take like Sentinel might be very different than 
let's say one of us take like magic initiate you know yeah you can't use it while you're raging but you can provide a lot of other utility or like ritual caster imagine if someone took ritual caster as as a barbarian that can add a whole different dimension of their character for sure ritual casting wild magic barbarian i mean yeah i don't even think it has to be it could be whatever whatever barbarian you want yeah, and I think there's like a feat too that's kind of tied in maybe a little bit more with, with like Goliaths, but would work for barbarians in general is the one that the rune smith or the rune carver feat. Or, rune carver, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I actually Could took that for my Greco Roman barbarian. Yeah. Which gives you a, kind of a unique way to cast some magics, I guess. Wow. I, I like rune carver for martial classes. It, it's, it was a lot of fun when I used it. Mm-hmm. I guess um, did we cover most of like the mechanical ways then I think yeah that we could differentiate I, th- I think I haven't I haven't sorted through my men's Rolodex subclass armor race, race subclass let's, equipment beats yeah and let's skills. say one of us you know wants to do the no armored the unarmored you know, barbarian. Another one wants to do like the the medium armor and go for like half plate or something like that. That'd be a big a big difference, like visually to how your character is. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. You're always gonna go naked barbarian. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't ever do it. I always do the but, armor. Huh? Can't get oil on the body with armor. Yeah, grease up. <laughs> you just oil the armor, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. You can't just rip your shirt off and yeah. <laughs> um, outside Other of that, that, I guess just flavor how you flavor it, personality, uh, what their, you know, what their outfit looks like. Yeah, what not their weapon looks like. Not all barbarians are the dumb barbarian trope. You know, there's there's different right. ways to rage. You know. Yeah, rage, there, I mean, there's smart. wild magic barbarians, which is another crazy thing. Mm-hmm. Which in uh, next in D and D next, uh, barbarians could basically rage and do whatever the fuck they want. So love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, in this, you mentioned the deck space barbarian that wields a bow. Uh, for that'd be interesting. Other than other than the rage part, relies on on strength, I believe. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always wanted to play, and this this is a little off topic. I really want to play a rogue barbarian multi-class. Like, I just I just want to do it. <laughs> but that's beside the point. I think it'd be fun or funny or both. So I guess there there's still quite a few ways, like yeah, within five E's mechanics that you can kind of flavor a character to be unique to somebody else's. Um, and I just don't, I feel like a lot of it is also flavor. They, they leave a lot open to the player to have yeah. the freedom to f- kind of non outside of mechanics, be able I mean, to flavor their character. Yeah. Personality and like personality traits and what drives your character, like where they're from, mm-hmm. you know, how you RP them. Or like with even like if you do your backgrounds, if you remember to use your characteristic and bring it up a lot, that might be helpful. So let me let me pick a random one for my um, my fictional barbarian. 
let's say I took, you know, like ritual caster and I chose to be like an acolyte or something like that. And you have like the, the shelter of the faithful, you know, character trait. Um, so if you, if you visit any area, you can perform like religious ceremonies for this, for your deities. Maybe you're more, more of a religious barbarian. You're not quite a paladin, but you can go around spreading the gospel of whatever pantheon <laughs> you want. That'd be a, a fun twist on a barbarian. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. I never, never really considered thinking of building characters that way. Just mm-hmm. picking certain aspects and then it's like, Oh yeah, let's just make it, let's make it weird. Yeah. 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 They rage cause they get mad cause you're not a, a good enough believer like what you don't believe <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean let's let's pick another one at, at random i've got a, a list of them up so um i mean this one sounds hilarious a noble picking a noble background as your barbarian like what kind of story could you base that off of right jekyll and hyde immediately comes to mind Somebody from like mm-hmm. a learned background, nobility, but as just this inherent beastly nature to them that comes out. And yeah. You can decide why and how or what what drives that change. That's so. That's immediately mm-hmm. popped in my head. Oh man! Also, they have that variant feature of uh, where you can have retainers <laughs> instead of position of privilege, which is basically your noble and people actually treat you like it. There's a variant feature where you have retainers, where you have three people that are loyal to you and your family that follow you around. Like they're NPCs, they can't fight for you or anything. But you just see like your noble barbarian getting ready to get into a fight. Like Conway takes off his glasses and his cloak, hands it to his retainer. <laughs> like he's getting ready to go into a duel or something. Has like an has like an overcoat, and then somebody comes up from behind and takes off their yeah. coat for them. Like, <laughs> like Jeffries, yeah, <laughs> come hither. I'm ready I'm to prepare for to- battle. Whoop ass, as they say. <laughs> I do believe I'm going to rage now. <laughs> and you address the party like, you don't mind if I rage. Now, would it put you out too much if, if I were to rage at this moment? <laughs> I'm going to apologize <laughs> before I rage. I'm about to become very unseemly. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you're done raging, uh, your retainers put down a chair and you sit down and they hand you a cup of tea and you're like, <laughs> Powder, powder your face a little bit. Yeah. Oh, that sounds like an awesome character. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. It's just those little things. And like I would I would almost guarantee that if even if you're playing an Oops All Barbarians game, like that character is gonna be vastly different than someone else's barbarian, oh, more than likely. Um, imagine the hypocrisy that could come from that, where if you have a player that's like the through and through dumb just wants to beat everything up and then you have that juxtaposed with the refined guy and he just looks at the other one like disgusting yeah but then it goes right into a rage and does the same thing <laughs> yeah you've got your so through far. and through barbarian your double barbarian your religious he's barbarian like, <laughs> he's just like oh so barbaric yeah <laughs> i don't amazing. even like using the word <laughs> Oh my god, that's actually amazing. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, I think once you really, like, once you really dig in 
and just and see like what small tweaks you can make even outside of just purely role play like all this stuff will um generate fun ideas for you yeah um i mean i think uh an interesting one that could have a lot of different results is bard too yeah um depending on your subclass again because they have a bunch of kind of nice differentiating subclasses with that and how they behave and what sort of personalities you can combine with that like i'm imagining you're you're classically trained violinist and then maybe somebody else is more of like a punk rocker type of you know bard with a drum or something you know yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't do a singing or like musician bard i would straight up do something kind of like a scald yeah, more poetry. like Nordic and just do like poetry and like regale like stories of battle and stuff like that and go that direction, which would be very different than someone who's like pulling out their lute and singing a song. Yeah, I would do Mongolian throat singing. I was mm. if I would, if I had to rely on vocals. Aren't they coming out with like a um, like a dancer? version of a bar and or something like yeah that. in one dnd so that's even uh, a different take on a bar too yeah more performance but not singing or poetry actual physical dance and mm-hmm. you know ballerina on fools <laughs> i don't know the mechanics of this but like what if you were a pictionary bard <laughs> you drew inspiration mid-combat yes yeah i mean maybe six seconds something yeah, like that's a, six seconds Pictomancer that to just, draw uh, something to it, that draws <laughs> like, that Pictomancer. That's a that's a class in Final that's, Fantasy. That, oh that's wow! Happening. And then you actually, you actually like, draw art in the air and it comes to life. Yeah, it's kind of cool. That would be cool. Yeah, I don't know how you would do that. I mean, maybe you could probably. One said, uh, like, a, a more warrior type of bard that does, like, a haka as their mm. performance. Like, that's, that's pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah. A magic haunted paintbrush. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> oh, man. That'd be cool. A talking paintbrush. Talk about people that can come up with interesting character concepts. She's the person you talk to. Bun. I... She seems like she has a lot of great ideas. Mm-hmm. We'll come up to you and, you know, draw me like one of your <laughs> girls. <laughs> Imagine an artist bard with a talking magic paintbrush that critiques everything they do. <laughs> They're never good enough. It's the yeah. spirit of their of their of their dead father that's constantly ridiculing yeah. them that they'll never be. Oh, good you enough. would use you would use that shade of blue. <laughs> <laughs> their, their dead father was a world renowned painter that they're trying to constantly oh, live up to. <laughs> yeah, I I went the opposite route. Like every time you use the paintbrush, it screams because it feels pain. Oh god, jeez! <laughs> so you just hear screaming as you're trying to paint something. Or even different still, your little easel could be have like a, a, a spirit of a, a Bob Ross type character that said, <laughs> oh yes, let's paint a happy scene. <laughs> See that bush right there? <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, there's 
limitless. I feel like some of them, like you said, wizards, it would be pretty easy to differentiate because there's so many spells and so many schools. I feel like cleric is the same way. There's tons of options and domains for clerics. Yeah. Sorcerer, which is really more about your origin of how your powers came to be, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a leg up there. Um, I think there's, I mean, even when we were talking about like, like fighter, there's different enough subclasses like that really differentiate the fighter. Rogues like, too. I mean, you have your regular sneaky ninja like rogues. You have your magic using rogues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have rogues that have like powers of ghosts or phantoms or, you know, there's all kinds of Not your inquisitor, your smart rogue. Yeah. Based off intelligence. I think it's inquisitor. Yeah. There's, there's plenty I think to do, but I don't know, as long as you're happy when you're rolling dice. That's all that matters. I mean, that's that's the point. Having a good time. Yeah. Hanging out with, with your... With the, I don't want to say bros anymore. Ladies are included. Mm-hmm. With the with the gang. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. With the gang. To kind of bring the question back around uh, towards the end, I, I guess it's... No matter what method you go about creating a character as long as you make something that you know you're going to enjoy and you're going to have fun at the table or online with your friends that's i i think that's should be the primary motivating factor what what am i going to have fun with what am i going to uh, are, is it going to be fun with the table of people i'm playing with and mm. just you can as long as you got that and you feel good about it then doesn't really matter what method I think in the end, just as long as you get to that point where you're you're kind of satisfied with what you've got. Yeah, that point's job done, right? To have fun. Mm-hmm. So, let us know how uh, how you make your characters. I'm interested. Are you an idea person? Are you a uh, uh, class first? Are you a uh, background first? I don't know what. <laughs> What are you? <laughs> Do you already have five characters made and you're just waiting to drop them in a campaign? Yeah. My, my friend's like that. He's like, he's got a backlog of <laughs> characters ready to go any moment. Let us know in the comments. But yeah, thanks for watching and or listening. If you have some topics you want us to cover, go check out our Discord. It's uh, discord.gg slash casters and cantrips. And there are a couple channels, one of which is Tome of Knowledge Topics, where we found this topic from. So bring that up and uh, drop something in there. Uh, and I think we know what our next week's topic is already. We've already discussed it. So I'll just go we ahead do. and we did discuss it. A little sneak peek here is that next week we're doing um, characters that shouldn't work. So we're all going to make a, a character that shouldn't work. That is sort of, I don't want to say opposite of what the class is but what i guess yeah. it's gonna subvert expectations <laughs> is the idea so yeah stay tuned for that and, and come back mm-hmm. next week mm-hmm. so anyway have a fantastic evening and we'll see you all next time bye see you guys bye